I took an interest in Hank Williams because of my grandfather. He, he passed away in 2009, and uh, I got all of his records, or well, a couple of his records, and I just listened to Hank Williams for about two years and uh, just fell in love with it. This is Measured Voices, episode 13. I'm Walt Huntsman. I'll sit down with Mountain Home singer-songwriter Corey James Grubb. We'll talk about how he got started in music, his songwriting heroes, the music scene in Mountain Home, playing solo versus his playing with the Fall Creek String Band, and about trying to make it as a musician. Along the way, Corey shares three of his songs. But first... I'm going to start by asking you uh, to talk about your musical style and your musical influences. Um, well, you know, growing up in Mountain Home, I was always really into Pino Bennett. And uh, when I finally decided to, decided to start playing out, I played at this little bar in Mountain Home called Cal's. And Lyle Evans from Chris Ledoux's band was there, and he kind of took me under his wing and brought me into the music industry, introduced me to Pino, Pino and all those guys, and, um, you know, K.W. Turnbow, Kip Attaway people like that so that's kind of where my my country roots are from but I grew up listening to Bob Dylan and the Rolling Stones and stuff like that with my dad and uh you know I took a real big interest in Bob Dylan when I was about 10 years old and that's when I decided to start playing music and trying to write songs and okay. <laughs> so is Bob Dylan uh, still an influence for you oh yeah big time he'll always be an influence you know I, I'm pretty sure I can play just about every one of his songs just <laughs> as a little kid plucking away. So how long how long have you been performing? Um, I've been performing for about seven years now. So, um, so and you were how old when you started? Oh I would say when I actually started playing guitar and actually really started trying to sing I was about 13 14 years old somewhere around there. And how old are you now? I'm 27. 27. Okay, yeah. so you've been at you've been playing for a while. Oh yeah. How long How long have you been performing? Um, I guess professionally. I mean, I, about you know, seven years. About seven years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So w- when you perform, and, and I got the chance to hear you uh, perform, so I, I'm familiar with a little bit of you know some of your music. Yeah. Thanks for coming out, by the way. But but at that time, you were you were doing songs by, if I remember right, you did you did a couple of Hank Williams songs. You did yeah. some Towns Van Sant. Uh, you did some songwriters that, for many people, are are not as well known, like yeah. John Fulbright. What when you're picking other songs, what do you look for? Um, I just look for a good message, really. You know, anything that that puts out positive vibes, I guess you could say. I took an interest in Hank Williams because of my grandfather. He he passed away in 2009, and uh, I got all of his records, or well, a couple of his records, and I just listened to Hank Williams for about two years and uh, just fell in love with it. Who who else from that era do you, do you like to do? Um, All of them. You know, Big Bill Brunzi, he's a little earlier, okay. but... Um, mm-hmm. I really like Ernest Tubb, Tennessee yeah. Ford, uh, Willie Nelson. You know, I just anything, anything that's real, and, and puts out a positive message, a real message. You know, that's not. I grew up with Tennessee Ernie Ford's uh, "16 Tons." So. Oh yeah, yeah. My gran- I learned that song from my grandpa when I was about fifteen, and he just yeah. he lost his mind. This, I think, this is where I, I should thank you for making me feel old. But no, <laughs> I won't do that. What? Uh, and and I think you've probably kind of touched on it, but what what drew you to the style of music you play, and how would you describe 
the style of music that you play? Um, so when I play with my band, we, we just call it honky grass, you know, because it's kind of a mixture of that old bluegrass and uh, old honky tonk, and we do some folk. But um, I don't know. I guess I would just describe myself as a solo artist, as American folk. You know, I just, I just try to try to bring back that old folk sound to an extent and try to mix it with a little of my own, my own thing. Okay. What drew you to that? Uh, just hanging out with my dad as a young kid, listening to Bob Dylan and all that stuff. It just, something about the storytelling in the songwriting was, is what really stuck out to me. Were your, were your folks musical at all? Or? Um, no, not really. Um, my dad was really into music. My uncle plays guitar and a few of my cousins, but none of them do it professionally. Um, but I was just around it as a young kid a lot. So you grew, you grew up a lot of, around a lot of music. Yeah, okay. yeah big time. Well, <clears throat> since, since this is all about music, why don't uh, we maybe hear something of, yeah. of yours? Um, so I'll play uh, actually one of the first songs I ever wrote when I was starting to get serious about songwriting. Okay. I started playing with Lyle Evans, and uh, he told me I needed some original material, so I wrote this. It's called Come Back Home. just can't refrain No, I can't give you what you need And I can't be the man you want me to be So I'm leaving town bound for Tennessee There's a light for me out on the road And there's pleasures that I've never known So if you love me, darling, let me go Maybe one day I'll come back home Stand. The way you hold your head 
so high Like I owe you my life I'll show you, baby That just ain't right There's a life for me out That I've never known So if you love me, darling Let me go Maybe one day I'll come back home Yeah, maybe one day I'll come back home So talk about where where that song where that song came from. Um, you know, I don't really know. I've been trying to figure that out for years, to be honest with you. It was kind of just one of those things where I forced myself to sit down and write a song and that's kind of what came out. I was uh I was going through a breakup at the time and it's just that's just kind of what came out. And how long ago was that song? Um, that was about know? 6 years ago. Okay, so roughly. You and you were just getting in really started performing at this yeah. about that time yeah. as well. So, with regard to songwriting, who are some of your songwriting heroes? Uh people that you try to either emulate or learn from or who inspire you? Um, you know, Towns Van Zant is always a big one. Uh Guy Clark, anybody from that era of Nashville songwriting. I just love all those guys. Um Rodney Crowell, uh Steve Earle, um, Bob Dylan's always been a big influence, and of course all the guys you know from Idaho that have mm-hmm. made some things happen. I just Pinto Bennett, Steve Eaton, all those guys. I love all their stuff. Now you mentioned Pinto Bennett. You've I think done some stuff with him too, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Um, opened up for him a couple times. I've played at the Pinto Bennett reunion that they have every year, and uh, sat in with him at the Forty Four Club a few times when he was doing his Saturday matinee shows and. Um, actually, one of my first ever big opening shows was for him in, in Mountain Home at Cal's Bar. And uh, it was just us two on acoustic guitars, which was kind of cool. That doesn't really happen very often. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Uh, it was great. You know, being such a young artist and young performer, getting an opportunity like that was just out of this world. Now, when you write, can you talk about, if you have one, it, uh, your songwriting process and how that kind of goes generally speaking from start to finish you know it's 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 kind of hit and miss you know it just depends sometimes it'll start with a cool guitar riff that i come up with or a melody or a song title um but i'm a very patient songwriter you know i don't i don't try to force songs because mm-hmm. once i start forcing it just starts sounding generic you know so i uh i find myself a lot of the times writing a, a half a song and letting it sit for a couple months and thinking about it before i actually mm-hmm. finally finish it do you uh, ever set aside time to write, or does it you just kind of wait to see yeah, I tr- what I the muse to. is going to do? Yeah, I try to, but um, it doesn't always work out the way, I, <laughs> the way I anticipate. Now, if I remember correctly, you live in Mountain Home, yes, which is primarily known for the Air Force Base. What kind of music scene is there in Mountain Home? Um, you know, you'd be surprised, but there's, there's a pretty good one. Um, 
obviously, like I said, Lyle Evans from Chris Ledoux's band, and he's played with Garth Brooks a few times. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's from Mountain Home. Michaela French is from Mountain Home. I don't know if you've ever heard her. I've heard the name. She's, sure. she's great. Um, the Naked Rednecks are from Mountain mm -hmm. Home. You know, Brad Egan and uh, Lyle are in that band. And uh, Tarwater actually was from Mountain Home, which was Pino Bennett's first band. So, um, so that's a pretty good mix of performers out oh, yeah. there. Are there a lot of places for you to play? Um, you know, there hasn't been for a long time. You know, Cal's Bar was one of the only places that supported live music, but we got a new mayor and some new people running the performing arts organization and stuff, and they're making some cool things happen. We're going to be playing in the park there this summer, and there's a couple more bars that are starting to get live music. And Now, you also come to Boise to perform. What for you is the challenge coming from, in essence, coming from out of town, try to find and, and arrange performances in Boise, uh, things, maybe challenges that people who are already in Boise don't face? Um, you know, I can't really think of any offhand. Um, Boise's always been real welcoming to me, and, you know, I lived here for quite a while, too, so. And uh, obviously, the the people I had to introduce me into the music scene kind of helped out a little bit. They kind of helped spread my name around a little bit. And Idaho Songwriters Association has always been real helpful. Okay. So. Now, and I think you, you've mentioned this a little earlier, I think. Uh, in addition to the solo stuff, you do the, the band, fronting yeah. uh, the Fall, Fall Creek String Band. Can you talk about what for you are differences in terms of, of performing solo Versus being in a band, not only from a performance standpoint, but also when it comes to picking songs to decide to do. How does that differ? Um, well, with the band, we, we try to kind of up the pace a little bit. You know, I, I, I'm real grateful for my band because they push me to do <laughs> fast-paced stuff. And if it weren't for them, we would do sad, depressing stuff all the time. But, uh, you know, because to me, that's, that's what stands out to me is the sad songs. For some reason, I just... Sad songs make you feel better. But um, when it comes to uh, the differences musically, it's, it's definitely harder to perform without a band because you, you, know, you don't have, if you mess up, it's, mm -hmm. it's obvious. But um, I also just enjoy being able to play solo because it gives me a chance to kind of show off on the guitar a little bit or right. stuff like that, play a little more harmonica. And now, when you're... Um performing solo versus uh, in the band do you look at you talked about picking up the pace but do you also look at different songwriters between the two as well or um sometimes yeah definitely we we listen to a lot more uh you know ralph stanley and and stanley brothers and soggy bottom boys kind of stuff so that's a little more Bluegrass yeah. oriented? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we've we've opened up for some guys like Split Lip Rayfield, uh, them Cooley boys. Um, out West, we opened up for them on Wednesday. We're going to be opening up for the Whiskey Shivers at the Ranch Club on July 15th. Okay. So that's kind of the, the scene we try to go for with the string band. So it's almost, sounds like it's almost, in a way, two different career paths in a, while, in a kinda, way. Because yeah, kind of. Mm -hmm. with, with my solo stuff, I kind of want to, I've been wanting to put together a, a little more heavy kind of country band kind of thing for a long time. So that's kind of the sound I want to go for with my solo stuff. And okay. So 
I want to ask, now you've been at it for a little while, so hopefully I, I think you probably have a, an, a little bit of a, at least a personal insight into this, what it's like to try to build a following and, and carve a space for yourself in Idaho's music scene, especially when you are coming from someplace that's not one of the the larger cities like Boise or, or maybe Pocatello or Idaho Falls. Yeah. Uh, um, well, you know, it's, it's definitely hard to get a following. Um, but I've found that since I put together a band, it's gotten a little, you know, the following people are just more attracted to a band mm-hmm. naturally. But, um, you know, we definitely don't have it as hard as some of those guys that go to Austin and Nashville and Portland and stuff like that. Cause there's just so many musicians out there that it's hard to find, you know, good paying work. But here, you know, all the, all the bars tend to, tend to take care of you and, you know, if they like you, they'll have you back. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's once, you, once you get a good handful of gigs under your belt, you'll, you'll be pretty busy. So it's a smaller pond, but you still have to be able to uh, muscle out some of the other fish to kind of get... Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, before I, I ask my next question, maybe I'll ask you to do another song. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see here. Let me grab a capo. So uh, this is a song that kind of came out of a situation that my friend was going through. And I was from the outside looking in and just kind of had a funny outlook on it. And so I wrote this song. It's called Gold Digging Woman. to my name, babe I spent it all on yesterday Well, if I ever make it back I know that she'll come running fast That's all that woman ever wants from me Well, I'm done with the spending Over this pretending Through with that look upon your face Treat me as low as dirt and say you better get to work Well, I think it's time I put you in your place So I say, bye-bye, baby You better keep away from me You're just a gold-digging woman Digging anywhere you please never get that loving If she don't get that diamond ring I said, girl, you must be funnin' You deserve what you got comin' Then I packed my bags and jumped the midnight train Singin' bye-bye, baby You better keep away from me You're just a gold-diggin' woman Digging anywhere you please 
Yes, I say bye-bye, baby You better keep away from me You're just a gold-digging woman Digging anywhere you please All right. Great tune. Thank you. Let's talk about, uh, in terms of performing, your favorite kind of place to perform. Are there are there places where your music seems to you to be a better fit, either uh, in terms of doing solo stuff or in terms of doing uh, the band stuff? Uh, definitely dive bars. Dive bars <laughs> are usually where we do the best, um, just because it's a little more mellow of an environment well not necessarily mellow but laid back environment you know so we can kind of just party and have a good time so with the band it's definitely dive bars but um solo i you know i do pretty decent at dive bars but i always do the best at you know more listening room kind of place and and small places you know like sandbar and sapphire room places like that some more intimate places where the people whether almost whether they want to or not, kind of have to engage yeah. with the music, at least at some level. Yeah, and generally those kind of places, you know, people actually go to listen to music. Okay. You know. If you're going to play at places where they're not there just to listen to music, you better have something that's going to grab their attention, you know. <laughs> yeah. So as things stand now, this this will probably go online sometime uh, toward the end of August. So, okay. Let's look at the fall. Are are you have you begun making many plans for the fall or how far out do you try to plan things? I try to plan out as far ahead as possible, but um I find it's pretty hard to plan out more than 3 or 4 months in advance. So as we're having this conversation, you're pretty much wide open for the fall right now. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Want to hit you up. There you go. Yeah. Um let's uh I'm going to dig out my crystal ball for a minute. Uh <laughs> Where where do you see yourself and your music, say, in the next year or two? Where would you like to take it in that time? Well, where I would like to take it is I'd like to get a record put out and uh, hit the road, you know, start traveling, start taking my stuff to different states, northwest at first, and kind of pan out from there. Have you uh, done much beyond the, I don't know, for lack of a better word, beyond the dreaming stage of that? Or is there, are there definite plans in that direction at this point? Or um, There's no definite plans. Um, I'm still kind of in the process of figuring out what I'm going to do for the next couple of years and how I'm going to go about doing it. But, you know, I've, I've played in different states before. I played in Boulder, Colorado and California yeah. and a couple places. So. so So your music has traveled. A little bit, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Not as much as I would like it to. But. So let's change direction for a second. If you tomorrow found out you couldn't do this anymore, what would be your dream gig or dream job if uh, you couldn't do music anymore? Man, I, I have no idea. This is pretty much all I've known for a long time. I, I set tile for a lot of years and did construction. And when I decided to play music, I just quit that cold turkey. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I know many people who think uh, laying tile and doing construction is a, a dream job. Oh, so no, definitely not. not. <laughs> but, no, I don't know. Probably uh, probably something in beer or just uh, or maybe even something with producing music. Well, I, I, I do know that you're, uh, if I remember correctly, your, your Facebook 
profile says you are a craft beer enthusiast. Oh, yeah, so maybe definitely. that would, maybe maybe you could be the house uh, house music for some uh, brew pub or something. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. yeah I, I, that comes from my my buddy Tyler Schmidt. He's the mandolin player for my band Fall Creek String Band, and he uh, he started Powderhouse Brewing Company on, up there on Shinden mm-hmm. about two and a half years ago. Yeah, and they've been doing really well. The last question I actually have written down is kind of a, a vague one, but I'll ask you to kind of describe, if you can, the journey that you've been on so far, and especially in terms of the music. Um, hmm, that's a tough one. Well, you know, I pretty much, when I first started playing, um, it was just pretty much just in my bedroom kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just learning covers and kind of figuring it out, and then... I uh, kind of set it down for a while and went to work in Oco, Nevada, set in tile. And that's when I did an open mic night out there during the cowboy poetry gathering that they have. And I, something just clicked and I said, you know, this is what I want to do. So I just sat in the truck outside the hotel for two, three years, just picking and picking and picking every day. And uh, finally got to the point where I was brave enough to go out and play. And then once I went out and played, it was just all downhill from there, you know kind of just everything just kind of fell into place so how has uh how has the reality been compared to what maybe you allowed yourself to imagine after that first open mic it's been completely different you know there's a lot more to it as with as with anything there's a lot mm-hmm. more to it than you initially anticipate you know you think it's just going to be playing music and partying and having a good time and it's totally far from that so has it been better worse or just different Oh, it's, it's been good. It hasn't been, I can't say better or worse, you know, it's been everything that I could possibly have imagined. Um, and, and more, you know, it's, it's just a lot more work than you would anticipate. Okay. Well. Which is not a bad thing. No, no. <laughs> yeah. If we knew everything, then there'd be nothing to look forward to. Exactly. <laughs> nothing to learn. Every day you learn something is a good day. There you go. Um, so what... Maybe haven't I asked you about that you think I should have asked you about? I don't know. I think you pretty much covered just about every basis. <laughs> um, no, uh, I don't think I mentioned I played in a, a duo with Lyle Evans for a couple of years called The Passengers. Okay. And that came from, uh, we, we were called Minister Grubb for a long time because he, he was a minister and, you know, Grubb's my last name. And he got a DUI and a week later I got a DUI. And so we had to hire somebody to drive us to gigs, and that's why we called ourselves the Passengers. It's kind of a kind of sour humor, but <laughs> that's a great that's a great name for a band, though. Well, I uh, yeah, I, I did not know that. I had not come across that. Yeah, and then he kind of just kicked me to the curb and said, "You need to find some younger guys to play with." You know, <laughs> I can't take you very far. Tough love. Yeah. Right. There you go. Hey, it worked out. There you go. Well, on that note, maybe. Uh, we can do one, hear one more song. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is a, a fairly newer song. Um, actually, speaking of DUIs, I wrote this about getting my first DUI. <coughs> um, it's called One for the Road.
I've been searching for answers To questions I don't understand I've been known to run from my problems And bury my head in the sand I spent all my money on courage in a smoky old barroom downtown Bartender pour me a bourbon You know the bottle never lets me down Give me one for the road Before I go No, I don't give a damn If I never get home The pain I'm in cuts to the bone Give me one for the road Well, I've done my share of damage I've suffered a heartache or two I've been known for taking advantage You know my lies ain't too hard to see through She left me a little unstable Lord it's hard to believe that she's gone I came home to note on the table telling me where I went wrong Give me one for the road before I go No, I don't give a damn if I never get home The pain I'm in cuts to the bone So give me one for the road Another great song, and, and thank you. I enjoyed it the last time I heard it too. I heard it when you were at the sandbar. Oh yeah, that's right. Thank you. Um, and I actually, while you were singing, I, I thought of a couple more questions that I wanted to ask you. That song has a bit of a melancholy kind of feel to it. Yeah. What, uh, as a songwriter, as a singer, from your perspective, what is it you think it is about sad songs that that appeal to so many people? Because we all write them. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's kind of like when I listen to George Jones, I know he feels worse than I do kind of thing, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, and even even the upbeat kind of good mood songs, if you really dive deep into them and listen to the lyrics and pay attention to them, they're even actually really miserable down at the down at the core. So, So there's that idea of, I feel bad, but here's somebody that feels worse than I do. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Okay. At least that's what I've always got. There, the, you, may, you may be on to something there, <laughs> uh, actually. Uh, talk about your playing style. Do you prefer, uh, or maybe, maybe you do a mix, uh, finger style, pick, 
does one feel more comfortable to you? Um, definitely finger style. Um, I actually didn't start using a guitar pick until about a year and a half ago. Um, just because I always lost them growing up and I never had a guitar pick. So I just kind of uh, developed my own style, my own sound with uh, my fingers and uh, learned how to Travis pick. And when I started playing heavily with the Fall Creek String Band, my hands were just getting torn up because we were playing, you know, real fast paced mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And so I just told myself I needed to start using a pick. When you're solo, do you have, do you prefer the finger style still though? I, I prefer it, but I do both now. Okay. I kind of, because there's, there's certain sounds that you can get with a pick that you can't get with your fingers. Just like there's certain sounds you can get with your fingers that you can't get with a pick. So I'm going to get, uh, I don't know if this is technical or not. I, I think it's maybe a technical question. When you're not playing, or maybe when you are getting ready to play, how much how much time a day do you spend working on stuff? Um, when it comes to actually playing, I at least try to play an hour a day, but it usually ends up being about three, you know, because the, you know, the mentality that I took is if I was going to do this as a living, I needed to make it a living, you know, and work every day. And, uh, you know, I spend at least eight hours a day doing actual work stuff, you know, on, on the computer, designing stuff or emailing people about booking and stuff like that promotion now, and i'm going to ask this you don't have to answer it if you if you're not comfortable with it but how close do you think you are or maybe you're already there in terms of you know this being this is boise is kind of a smaller music market as music markets yeah. go so it's it's a bit of a challenge for people who want to make a living at it to yeah. do so how close are you to you think to being able to do that um you know i do i do all right um i'm not really struggling by any means, but I'm not, you know, sitting too awful pretty either. <laughs> no swimming pools. Or yeah, no. <laughs> but there, but there's hope. Yeah, I survive. Uh, okay. I put it that way. <laughs> All right. I want to thank you for spending some time with me and, yeah. and talking music and playing some music and sharing some some great songs. So yeah, thanks thank for you very much. Me. Been fun. My thanks to Corey James Grubb. You can follow him on Facebook. I'll have links to Facebook pages for both Corey and the Fall Creek String Band in the show notes at measured-voices.blogspot.com. Next time out, music and conversation with longtime Nashville songwriter Bruce Michael Miller, now of Idaho Falls. Thanks for listening. I'm Walt Huntsman, and this has been Measured Voices. <laughs>